It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. Happy New Year, everyone. Also, happy Monday. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is here. It is Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, over under 9.05. Did you make it to last night? Um, over. I over. didn't make it. You didn't yeah. make it. Okay, good. About ten o'clock. Okay, all right. Not quite. You made it. You made it to the new year in in with our friends in the in the Midwest. That's right. That is my favorite tradition that I found out about a couple of years ago. It's like, oh, I don't have to wait till midnight. Watch this with New York. This is fantastic. <laughs> That's the right way to do it. This yeah. is the right way, especially when we did. You guys to, make it till midnight. We, we did. We did. We did. Jerry made it as well. Okay. Sean, you make it till no, no. Well, Sean. Well, Sean. Sean, you're in here. What? You're in here at six a.m. Right? Yeah. So I can't blame our no. guy Sean in the corner who does, who does a great job uh, getting those graphics you see on the bottom done for us in the morning. Runs our audio board here on this show. Uh, I can't blame you. Can't blame you. And also, <laughs> by the way, I have to congratulate our guy Sean. By the way, Chef Sean, as I should. Say. That's right. He won a Steelers bet yesterday. He did it. He did it. Steelers went out right. Sean at the Steelers. <laughs> So, that hurts bravo, me, but yeah. Right, bravo, Sean hurt me. It hurt me too. I took Seattle in game, so we. Uh, Sean was the was the uh, the winner of the three of us on that one. Uh, so let's let's get into it uh, real quick here. Yesterday in the NFL, all I will say is just to throw out some playoff implications real quick. Dallas wins on Sunday as a big favorite against Washington. They win the East because the Eagles collapsed yesterday as big favorites against Arizona. The Rams clinched yesterday in part. Because Seattle lost that game to Pittsburgh. So the Rams are in the Packers, who annihilated Minnesota in the final game of the 2023 calendar. They control their own destiny. They're favored against Chicago, which is a very interesting game all of a sudden, with the Bears playing some great football over the last five weeks. Uh, Tampa, even with their horrible performance yesterday, is in a win and in against Carolina, week 18. New Orleans, Atlanta, the winner of that game wins the division of Tampa loses also new orleans has a backdoor into the playoffs if seattle loses to arizona i don't think that's impossible but unlikely and green bay loses to chicago and new orleans beats atlanta that's a scenario i do not want happening i don't want to watch new orleans in the playoffs. that's all i'm gonna say yeah that's afc side is a little more cut and dry baltimore clinched the one with their annihilation of miami kansas city clinched the three with their win over cincinnati Cleveland locked in the five with Baltimore's win over Miami. So those three are set. The two is up for grabs. The winner in South Beach, final game of the regular season, Miami-Buffalo. Buffalo currently a three-point road favorite in that game. Yeah. Uh, winner of that gets the two. Miami, if they lose, will get the six. Buffalo, if they lose, is either going to be in or they're going to be out completely uh, because Indianapolis plays Houston. The winner of that game is guaranteed a playoff spot whether it's the AFC South or a wild card. The loser is done. Jacksonville favored on the road at Tennessee. We don't know about Trevor Lawrence's status yet. If they win, they win the AFC South. If they lose, they do have some backdoor scenarios to get in as a wild card, but a little more convoluted on that one. Pittsburgh somehow alive. They win and Buffalo loses. That's the easiest path to get them in. So... There you go. I hope you followed everything there. I just have one question for you. Are you still betting the Bills this week against the Dolphins after what we saw yesterday? I'm not touching that game. I, if we get north of three, 
then you probably have to take a piece of Miami. But I trust, oh, this is gross coming out of my mouth, but it's, <laughs> but it's true. I significantly trust Buffalo. You do? Yes. And with all Miami, I mean, the, that was as big of a disaster as you could have asked for yesterday. Because not only did you get annihilated by a team that you're supposed to be on the same level of, you lose Bradley Chubb for the season. You have more offensive injuries. You have more defensive injuries on top of the Chubb injury. And now you get Buffalo, who, by the way, Buffalo is lucky yesterday. If they so played lucky. A, if they played a real team yesterday, they would have lost. They well, did not play well. That's two weeks in, that in a row now oh, against that, the Patriots and but, the Chargers. That's what they are this year. They're, 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 yes, when they're at their best, they look great, but they're an inconsistent football team. That's why they're here. That's why they're not. That's why they're not already locked into the two seed or playing for the one seed. Right. It's because they've been inconsistent on both sides of the ball. It's because Josh Allen, even though he's had some great this year, has had some pretty mediocre like yesterday. And if the Patriots didn't hand them four turnovers in the first quarter, he might have lost that game to New England. So, I, again, I don't trust Buffalo in a playoff run, but I trust them to go to Miami and beat a battered Dolphin team. So, that's what I think ends up happening. I think Buffalo wins. They get the two. Miami will go to Kansas City. Jacksonville will play uh, the AFC South runner-up in an all-AFC South battle. I think Houston's winning that game on Saturday night for what it's worth. Um, and I think Pittsburgh's going to handle Baltimore. So, um, at least the backups. Right, because yeah, yeah, Baltimore's yeah. not going to play their guys. Pittsburgh four point favorites. I was going to say that that have it up already. All right, let's get to today. College football playoff. There's five games today, two that really matter, three regular bowl games. Let's start in the college football playoff, though. Let's start at the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, Alabama and Michigan. You can't do much better than this. The Rose Bowl, two of college football's greatest programs. Winner goes to Houston in the college football championship game. Alex, it's two. Michigan is favored. 45 and a half is your total. The market high, let's start on the spread. The market high right now is two and a half. Now, behind us, with Chris and company, the highest this number has gotten is where it's at now. It opened two, it got down to one, and has been bet back to two. I'll let you go first on your thoughts here because these two teams, I, I know you've mentioned this throughout the year. These are teams that you've had power rated high, especially the last six weeks of the year. And these numbers, at least to me, make a whole lot of sense. I agree, but I'm a little surprised with the money coming in on Michigan today. Okay. I thought Bama would be more of a last minute public better, you know, come in. But I am on Bama's side. I just think that Jalen Milrow will present unique challenges to this Michigan defense that they haven't really seen, and that's with his arms and his legs. I think both of these teams are really good, but I'm also going with the coach here, and that is Nick Saban, who has won six straight college football semifinals. We know how Harbaugh has done in the past in bowl games, and he's 0-6 in his last six. So until he proves something, we're going with Alabama here. So just looking at this matchup, now, I don't want to take into account how the Big Ten higher-end teams have looked in the New Year's Six Bowls because we have to take them all with a grain of salt. They're not they're glorified exhibitions. The motivational factors are different. I get that. but And also key absences for both Ohio State and Penn State. But Ohio State scored three points against Missouri. And I know they were under third quarterback. I know Marvin didn't play. 
but he scored three points. And quite frankly, they would have been shut out if that field goal drive didn't start in the plus territory. So a little bit hard to figure out what, how to translate that. Penn State, who had a really good defense all year, gave up 38. Now, granted, they didn't have their three best players on defense, so I'm, I'm more willing to give Penn State the pass than Ohio State the pass, just because of how those games played out. Ohio State's defense was great. They didn't give up a point until the fourth quarter, and then they just ran out of gas. So Michigan, in those two games, obviously that Ohio State game in the big house, no Harbaugh in that game. It was suspended. He was suspended for both of those games, actually. And it was coin flip. That was a coin flip. That Ohio State game was as coin flippy as it gets. Michigan made the plays down the stretch. Ohio State didn't. The Penn State game, Michigan didn't throw a pass in the fourth quarter because they didn't have to because they just ran it down the throat of Penn State. So you look at Michigan, they played 13 games this year. They're 13-0. They're the right one. But they played two games against teams that I think were even close to being in the top 15. Yes, I know I was ranked. They're not a top 25 team. Sorry. Sorry, Hawkeye. We'll get to you later, though. Um, this is a big step up for them, Alex. And for Alabama, who we can argue, do they deserve to be there? Do they not? I think they do. You win the SEC, you deserve to be there if, as long as you don't have two losses. And Jalen Miller is the better quarterback in this game. And I know that some won't agree with me on that, but he can do more than J.J. McCarthy. Now, McCarthy's a better thrower, but I trust Milleros' full skill set in this game to win this game for Alabama. I like the Tide. And also, too, Chris asked this the other day, you're dealing with two of the four best coaches in college football, maybe even two of the top two, if you want to go that deep. Kirby's probably better than Harbaugh, but it's close. When it's this close in the coaching matchup, it really does come down to the talent, and I think Alabama's talent is better. And I'm glad you brought that up about the Big Ten in Michigan because they dominated their schedule, but oh, yeah. we really don't know how good they are. They had the 51st toughest schedule in the country. So also their defense, first in points allowed, just 9.5 per game. But look at the teams that they played. So we really don't have a lot to compare that to. But Alabama had the sixth toughest schedule. They played teams. They've been tested. We saw them against Texas. They lost that one. That was week two. But then they came out and they took care of the rest of their schedule. So I'm with you here. If you're getting points with Alabama, it's really hard to pass it up. You know, it's it's also in this, uh, we're looking to defenses as well. Now, this total comes in at 45 and a half. It got that up to 46 and a half and has come back down to where it opened, which it's actually pretty funny that we have a game that when Vinny comes in in about 20 minutes to discuss, this game's getting booked like an NFL playoff game. And it should be getting booked like an NFL playoff game. And this, these numbers that Chris and company open with are right where they began, which just shows that this, how, how sharp of a line that is to begin with. Correct. And the other thing is, too, it's how close in the power ratings these teams are basically for everybody. So total-wise, I have nothing. It would not shock me one way or another here. If this game comes in... Alabama 21, Michigan 17, and the game goes under, I'd be shocked. If this game plays out where Alabama and Michigan are going back and forth and the offenses both show up and the defense has had a bad day and it's 38-31 one way or another, I'd be shocked either. I think that total is totally unplayable today. See, I 
I've got Bama 27, Michigan 24. So that puts over. me at the over here. And Bama went 9-4 and four to the over this year at a medium of 52. So I just think it's way too low for these two great offenses. And, you know, we've seen even when um, Michigan and Ohio State played, I think that total was the exact same. It was Well, Michigan and Ohio State now, Alex, have gone over 10 out of 11 That's years. Right. The total has just kept creeping down lower than it should. And then this year, I mean, this year would went over in the third quarter, didn't it? And it was 30 to 24. It went over early in that game. Yes. Um, early fourth quarter went over officially, but it, I, if you made me play it, I would lean to your side. I, I just, we have seen with these high level games as well, that they have trended more to the over in recent years. Unlike in the past where, we don't have we don't have nine six Alabama LSU anymore like we did thirteen years ago. We don't have that twenty one nothing rematch final where Alabama beat LSU that same year that game of the century nine six. Uh, but it, it is all I know is this should be a great game. Yes. If this is a blowout, I'll be pretty disappointed. And if it ends up being a blowout, that means Alabama blew Michigan out. I don't see Michigan blowing Alabama out. I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I just don't see that the, that side of it. All right, let's go. Um, well, we'll we'll pivot over to the early game here that's just starting, and then we'll pivot back to the other semifinal because I just want to get this discussion in quickly because there have been some moves on this in the last ten minutes. Uh, the Quest Bowl, which is the old Outback Bowl. Uh, okay, sorry, I, I I know I'm not supposed <laughs> to give free sponsorship, but it is still the Outback Bowl, even though it's a Requiquest Bowl. Uh, LSU and Wisconsin, rough year for the Badgers. I, I thought they were going to run away, win the Big Ten West pretty easily. As big of a disappointment as there was in college football for a team that's actually playing in a bowl game. Seven and five. Underachieved for Fickle in his year one. I know they were trying to change the offensive scheme. It didn't really work. The defense was better as the year went along, but the offense never fully got there, as our guy Sean pointed out, having been in the 30s in six games. LSU's without their two best offensive players. Not a shock there. Jaden Daniels, who won the Heisman, and all of a sudden looks like may go in the top 10 of the NFL draft. Opted out, no shock. Malik Neighbors, their best wide receiver, probably the se the second or third best receiver in the country, depending on what you think of a a Wunzu at uh at uh Washington, and of course Marv uh, at Ohio State. Um, he's not playing, but hasn't mattered. LSU's nine and a half behind us. It just went to ten in a whole bunch of books. Total now at fifty eight behind us, fifty seven and a half at other sides. Uh, I do like this game over. Uh, there's one other reason that I don't feel like pointing out on air, but <laughs> we are dealing with LSU here. And Alex, they're just even without the Heisman Trophy winner in this game. Just look at how they played all year. Their defense doesn't stop anyone, except if the talent disparity is gigantic, which, again, we saw them shut out Army and give up 14 to Georgia State. All right, I, who cares? You talk about two teams that are way more talented than but then when you go into SEC play, after September, where they put, gave up 14 to Mississippi State, okay, the only time LSU <laughs> gave up under 30 in conference play was against Auburn, when Auburn was in the middle of their offensive fiasco phase. So this defense is horrible. Now the question solely comes down to, can Wisconsin give you enough points to get there at 57 and a half? If LSU gets into the low 40s, we're getting there. Oh, yeah. I agree. I, 
I don't mind that at all. I haven't played anything yet because I do lean to LSU side because the seven and five Wisconsin team, you just talked about it, very disappointing. And they have opt-outs. They have three of their starters mm -hmm. on defense who have opted out. And then they have their star running back. And we know they tried to pass more, but they did ultimately lean on their run game. They had a combined 11 passing touchdowns on the year. So without Allen, their best running back, who had 12 rushing touchdowns on the year, that makes me a little worried. But I do think Tanner Mordecai is a good quarterback. He missed a few games. That did, you know, cause them to lose a few of those in the middle of there. So he's back. He's playing. I think over might be the play here. Yeah, I, uh, I I would only go to the over. Now, granted, you're starting to if you're bet if you're betting the over, you may have to wait in game now, because this over is getting steamed. We're now at fifty eight and a half across the board, except for behind us. So uh, this thing is this thing's going to touch fifty nine before this thing starts in fourteen minutes from now. I think everyone just woke up this morning. He's like, wait a second, we have an LSU total under sixty. We just got to bet this thing over. Granted, this total did open fifty four and a half. So. It is a steady stream to the over here on this game, which, again, it's LSU. Wouldn't shock me if all these numbers go over pretty easily. We did see LSU's backup quarterback a little bit, right? What do you know? So we saw so Nussmeyer's going to play. We we've seen Nussmeyer in a few spots where he uh we we saw him last year in the SEC t title game when Daniels got hurt. Now, granted, that was a little bit of a funky game where Georgia was had such a big lead that they played soft the whole second half. Uh, but from what I've seen from Garrett Nussmeyer, I think he's pretty solid for a guy who's going to at least be in the mix to potentially play next year. Now, if you look at his career numbers, he's only he only threw 33 passes this year. He completed only 51%. Last year, he was again, that SEC title game, he threw three touchdowns in the second half. But again, preparing for the bowl game, playing, it's a whole different ball game. Right. It's a whole different way. So you, you at least get yourself more acclimated. Now, granted, didn't help Brock Glenn right. at, a, at Florida State. Now, granted, Florida State had 38 scholarship players for that game and that embarrassment at the hands of Georgia. Uh, but look, we'll, we'll see how this one plays out. All right, let's pivot back. Let's pivot back to the other semifinal before we get to those 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 o'clock Eastern kicks that are non-playoff games. Texas and Washington, the other one, in the semifinals. Number three versus number two. Washington undefeated, Pac-12 champions, 13-0. Texas, 12-1, only loss in the Red River shootout in a last-second touchdown from Oklahoma. Alex, it's three and a half. This is down from earlier in the month. Where it opened four, got bet to three and four and a half pretty quickly in that same day. Chris put him up on December the third, right back to four. Sat there until three days ago, and then moved to the three and a half on Texas total from sixty four to sixty two and a half. And I'm not surprised to see the money come in on Washington. We saw what they've done all year, and I mean they have the longest winning streak right now in college football. Mm -hmm. We saw what they did to Oregon as a ten point underdog. So I'm not surprised there. But I am on the other side. I did lay the points with Texas. I just think they are the better team. Look at the total, though. I mean, this will be a shootout, and it's going to just depend on who comes out on top. I like Quinn Ewers a lot for Texas, the quarterback there. And you know me. I love a revenge spot. These two met last year in the Alamo Bowl, and Washington won 27-20. to We had a few uh, opt-outs for the Texas side, including my guy, 
Bijan Robinson. Yep. But um, yeah, so I like Texas here to get it done. First playoff appearance for this team, correct? Texas is in the playoffs for the first time. Washington, this is appearance number two. They were in the Peach Bowl with Jake Browning uh, and Chris Peterson uh, eight years ago, I want to say that. Eight, seven, I have to double check that. But they were in the Peach Bowl. They lost that game comfortably to Alabama that day. Uh, but here they are in a in a much better spot to make some noise than that team. That team snuck in the back door, won a pretty weak Pac-12. In its swan song, this is the best season that conference has had in a very Absolutely. long time. And look, the one thing with Washington is they do defy the numbers a little bit because you watch that defense and you see the defensive numbers. They don't really add up because that defense comes up with the plays when they need to. Yep. And we saw it in the Pac-12 title game again where Oregon came all the way back from 18 down, took the lead, and then Washington closed the game scoring the 14 they needed to get back up double digits. Yeah, I know Oregon scored last in that game, but it was, was it they were down two scores when they scored that last long touchdown to get it to 34-31. But this Washington team has just found a way all year. They have. And the one thing, and you and I talked about this before the show, they the distinct advantage Washington has in this game is that head coach. And I like Sark as a play caller. There are not many guys who are better play callers than Sark. But at game management, the reason they lost to Oklahoma was because of Sark. The reason they've lost a bunch of these games with all this talent in this Sark era, they very easily could have been a playoff team last year. They were talented as everyone last year. Uh, it's because Sark is just not a good in-game manager. And Kalen DeBoer has burst on the scene. And, I mean, if Ohio State ever decides they've had enough of Ryan Day, that's the first call they got to make is to Kalen DeBoer and try to get him back to the Midwest. So, uh, that's the one thing that could tilt the scales towards Washington, a coaching advantage, at least for me. Alex. Yeah. So do you have a play on this one? Or are you Texas. staying off of this one? Texas. Okay. But I am you on think Texas. Texas. I am on Texas. Texas. I just think in the end, Texas's front four is the best in the playoff field. And they entered deep as well. I just, I just don't think Washington's offensive line holds up as well as they have throughout the Pac-12 season against that D-line. And Panic's look, as great as he's been, he will make a mistake or two in this game. The question is, for Texas, if Washington's O-line does hold up, can that secondary hold up against the best receiving core in college football? Which they are. Washington is the best yes. combination of pass catchers in the country. And they have a great tight end on top of having great wide receivers, as we know. I... I still think Texas has just too much talent in the end. And you mentioned Ewers. He's the reason they're going to win this game today. Him and Xavier Worthy are the two guys that I'm looking at on that Texas offense. Yes, I know. Hot take there. I just mentioned the two best guys on that offense. But you're relying on your best players in this type and the, these type of games. And Texas's best players, I think, in the end, are going to be the better players in this game. That's why they win. They cover. And we get a rematch of a game we saw in September in Tuscaloosa, where, of course, the only reason that I think Alabama is in this field Forget the SEC title and how bad Florida State lost. I think Alabama's here because of that game they lost to Texas and the committee not feeling it being correct to keep Texas out right. instead of Florida State. I think that was the debate in the end. And how could you leave Texas out of one in Tuscaloosa if you put Alabama? That's why we have this four and not Florida State 
instead of one of these other teams, thank goodness, because Michigan would have had a bye to the national title game. So the total, pretty high, 62 and a half. But Over. you, yeah, you yeah. just said the yeah. advantage here, right, is the wide receivers on both sides up against these secondaries. So can they make it high enough? But I didn't play that total just yet. So we're both on Texas, both on Bama today. Yeah, we'll Bama, I'm not, I'm not as strong on Bama. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not going to actually put that in the account. Okay. Texas, we're in on. We're in on, we're in on that at the three and a half. So, uh, like, again, it's, it's, it's against one of my betting principles, though, in these type of big games where I'm taking the team with the worst coach in that game. It is. But talent just talent wins out in the end in these type of games. And I really do think Texas's talent is that much better than Washington's. But, hey, the Huskies have defied us all year long. And if they win this game, I don't think anyone should be surprised. I won't be surprised no. if they pull the upset on the spread uh, and get this thing done. I don't care that we're two first three. Just look at the numbers as we know. All right, let's go to the other two bowl games today before our guy Vinny Maliulo comes in. Iowa and Tennessee in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. And that's an interesting sponsor for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, Cheez-It and Citrus. That's what we think of when we think of citrus. Um, <laughs> Iowa is playing Tennessee. You cannot find two teams with different, more different styles than these teams. Uh, Tennessee, we know, running gun, wants to play as fast as humanly possible. Iowa, uh, if we put an offense with uh, the with uh, you, me, Jerry, and Sean, again, well, Sean, I think if, if, we put, if we put about 15 pounds on Sean, I think Sean could go out there right now and be an effective Div 1 football player. <laughs> I, I, really, I really do. He's that big. He's that lanky. I think he could be 15 pounds on him. I think he'd actually be a legitimately good player. John, I, I have no idea play. what your athletic ability is. I'm just going off a build he here. He played football. He can jump. Oh, maybe he's, maybe, oh, maybe. Sean's a volleyball guy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely can jump. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, um, Iowa, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's a five and a half point favorite. This is down from six and a half. Total's been bet up in an Iowa game. You got to love that, right? Uh, but it makes sense. Uh, 36 to 37. Ference is awesome in these bowl games. Yes. He has his team always ready to go. It doesn't matter what the talent <laughs> level is. They usually find a way. And there's no reason for me to think they won't find a way again today. I like Iowa outright in this okay. game. Because two things I think will happen in this game. There is a, and a, forget the Brian Ference angle, who of course is the OC for his final game before Kirk has to go hire a new OC because Iowa's offense was somehow even worse this year than it was last year. But there is a distinct coaching advantage in this game. Ferentz is a much better coach than Josh Heupel. And one thing we've seen with Heupel in his, in his time at Tennessee, and we saw this a little bit at Central Florida, there's no B plan. When things are not working offensively, Tennessee is stuck. And if Iowa's defense, now again, Cooper DeGene's not playing in this game, of course, suffered an injury late in the season, their best secondary player. But if Iowa is able to hold up in their secondary in this game, there's no reason to think they won't because they really held up against everyone but Penn State this year. But that was the game where the QB1 got hurt and they had to put uh, Hill in a whole yep. different deal at that point. But Tennessee won't have a B plan. And if there's a team that's ever going to quit in the bowl game when things are not going well, it's Tennessee. So I like Iowa outright. Uh, Forego the points, just take them outright against Tennessee uh, on uh, on the money line here, Alex. 
you make great points. I have nothing on this game. I mean, the Vols are down four starters on their defense. And like you said, I know Iowa can force some turnovers, um, maybe get some short fields and put up some points here. Let's uh, go to the Fiesta Bowl before we welcome Vinny in. Oregon and Liberty. This total just keeps going up and up and up into the stratosphere. We're up to 71 on the total now. Uh, it opened 66. And Oregon, who everyone's playing today. Everyone. They, they're, we're finishing this out strong. Bo Nix is going to play in his final collegiate game after roughly 14 seasons in college football. Really six, but you get the idea. Uh, no one's going to ever break his game's played record, by the way. It's not no. going to be possible for no. anyone. Well, to do now, that yeah. <laughs> without the COVID year. Uh, 18 and a half on Oregon, 71 a total. Alex, I like Liberty actually with the points. Do you? I do. I, I do think Liberty's going to be able to score in this game. So I guess if I, this is one of those weird, one of those ones where normally we look to dog it under. I think you have to look dog and over if you like Liberty in this game because they're going to have to keep up with Oregon in order to stay in this game. And that probably dictates this game being played in the high 80s if Liberty's going to cover and stay in this. I don't know. That makes me a little nervous. Oregon's defense is pretty good, and Liberty's defense is is not really there. I worry about this Conference USA because we just saw New Mexico State get killed by Fresno State, (laughs) and they were the number two who kind of hung in there with Liberty for a little bit. So we'll see what we get from them. I mean— Two high-powered offenses. I just worry this might be like Georgia, Florida State a little bit here with Oregon coming in to make a statement. It's, uh, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I do think, I agree with you though. I think Liberty will get on the board. I think they can score some points. So, I mean, we don't know. We don't know what motivation we're getting from Oregon here. Yeah, I, I, the fact that they're all playing makes me think they're going to be ready to play. If Again, if Nick's opted out and they had more opt-outs, it would have been like, okay, well, it makes sense that this is going to be one of those games where Oregon no-shows, Liberty stays in the whole way, maybe even pulls the outright upset. I don't see the outright upset coming, but again, it's a lot of points to be taking taking with Liberty here in this one. I'm trying to find the the exact team total here because that might be the better way. I take Liberty over 24 and a half. Yeah. I mean that's not that's not bad. I, I don't mind that. You get to twenty seven. You know that. You could also actually. <laughs> you want to Oregon over forty four and a half? <laughs> oh, that's a, a slightly large number uh, on that one. All right, we take a quick break. We get back. Vinny Maliulo, the Hall of Famer himself, joins us for the first time in twenty twenty four. That's next. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day, plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service, 24-7. When you need a quick pick-me-up, you can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups. Or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. If you love Mexican food, Baja Miguel's has all of your south-of-the-border favorites. 
There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in Sports by the Book. First time here in 2024. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White's here, and look who's made his way in after getting plenty of hugs and kisses from the patrons yesterday. Our guy, Vinny Maliulo. Spreading is the love, spreading the cheer. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Happy everybody New good? Year. We're good. We're, I, look, I, we, it's always an interesting time here on New Year's, New Year's Eve just to be here, get through the night safe, and be ready to talk Definitely. football this morning is all yeah. that matters. And it's a little quiet. Yeah. Well, everyone's still hung over and asleep <laughs> or asleep or both. Studying. I'm, I'm sure they're studying. For the playoff games, you're right, Vinny. <laughs> the best part is when you find folks, like you, you find them where, where you left them uh, in, well, in yeah. many cases. Well, it's I will say the people, have woken, resting quietly. the people have woken up early enough to bet the over yeah. in the LSU-Wisconsin Oh, game. my goodness, yeah. <laughs> gonna, yeah. You're going to close at 59 and a half I mean, total. it's just, uh, it went up, uh, right when I was walking over here, it went up. Let me see if we're... Uh, 59 and a half. There we go. It was uh, 58 when I started to walk over here. Pretty good. Pretty <laughs> so, good. Yeah. Well, uh, when I was when I was getting my coffee. So How many uh where, where's the uh where's This the... one is number 7. Number 7. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Well, I've been up since, you know, 5 o'clock. It's going to be a long day for you. Well, yeah, it's that's what we do. So, did day. you make it to midnight? Uh on the East Coast and then took a little <laughs> a little nap and then woke up for at the about 7 of here okay yeah better than so, me the, <laughs> i made it for the east coast and that, was out. East coast, that was it yep yeah that no, was good it was uh safe and sane so. there was uh yeah. i i was watching new york we were watching ball drop in new york last night as well uh i haven't seen paul anka in years i i mean he he was he was here was uh, he last week for the or a couple of weeks ago for the opening of the uh, fountain blue i did not i did not realize that yeah he was okay he um, but well, you're from uh, New Jersey. Did you ever go to N N New so York? My, the... So my my wife was actually in studio watching today. So extra pressure for me. Um, asked me the same question last night, and it's a resounding no. No, no, I did it. You how long? How long ago? Oh man, a couple of times. But uh, the last time, couple of times was uh in the uh, I think seventy seven. Seventy seven. Yeah, actually seventy six too, because it was you know the bicentennial year and it was you know so just to say i did but it was so with, with in, se it was 70 insane. 77 was uh was uh an interesting time in the city well yeah i mean you know what, what it's always an interesting well, no, time well, in more, the city. even more so than you uh, know 
more I mean, so than usual in I mean, 77. Well, 77, what, you know, you had the, the you know, there were Yankees had won the, the World Series for the first time in a long time. So everybody was, all Yankee fans were well represented, you know. Of course, they repeated the following year. Um, Reggie hit but, three in game six. Yeah. So that was, uh, there was a lot of uh, still uh, Yankee celebrating going on, which as a Met fan, I was full of disgust but hey you had eight, eight, <laughs> nine years later it was your time yeah Benny. yeah i didn't uh didn't make it to, i was here for that one but uh no it was um it was interesting it's one of those things you just you do to say yeah I did. yeah it never we never did it um just the idea of having to be out there at three o'clock in the afternoon and then basically well i didn't having, get there at three o'clock no, that I, I, get to, I mean i was yeah. hanging around doing other things and then you know kind yeah, of wor- just, worked our way into the into the time even though i would have loved one of those purple hats they had last night no no come on that hat the the, yeah the hat that's three stories tall (laughs) (laughs) i think you're underestimating how tall the hat is i mean i mean you need you need a chiropractor today if you wear that hat what about the strip i have a feeling you've never been down to the strip on oh yeah i did actually i'll tell you what uh when i first got here uh was down on fremont street okay so again, before pre-experience, the, pre uh, canopy, yeah, and uh. um, there was always uh, fireworks at the Union Plaza. They had had the fireworks display. Um, did do the strip uh, when my my kids were young, actually, because I was I was working uh, on the strip, and so just wound up staying at work all night, uh, and it was just easier than navigating traffic and getting in and out. So just uh, got a room. Uh, at the hotel and uh, and stayed there and kids loved it. Where were you? Were I you was at Caesars. You were at Caesars at yeah, that point. That time and then later on it went. So, so it's it's pretty cool if you you know if you have that. Yeah. You don't you don't have to you know deal with traffic and oh, yeah. uh, navigate it. I, I mean, there, they are roughly nine billion people on the strip. Oh the well, they close obviously yeah. closing. It's just like Times Square, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just exactly. you know you know you're amongst the uh, amongst the uh, hundreds of thousands of your closest friends. Well, the only the only time that that uh that I've done it was uh was tw- was going into 2020, so I don't know if it's just bad luck if I'm down there and then the year just falls apart, because uh, obviously you caused the, the pandemic. Yeah, I, I, that your fault. Going down to the strip for 2020. Stay off the strip yeah. on New Year's. Yeah, Jeffrey. just that that's 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 obviously the new rule. Um, before we get to the college football, yeah, buddy. Uh, two two mm-hmm. things I want to yeah. bring up first. Mm-hmm. There is a hockey game today that features the local team. Yes, the Winter Classic. Winter Classic at uh, T-Mobile Park up in Seattle looks incredible up yeah. there. Was well, that a home? A home? Oh wait, they play at T-Mobile. Yeah, arena. Sorry. Cracking, <laughs> uh, cr- cracking, yeah. and, and Golden yeah. Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is. Uh, it's not. It doesn't feel the same as those first few years as the Winter Classic, but for franchises that have never played in it, like both of these two franchises. I think uh, didn't Vegas hasn't played on in the Winter Classic. Not the they played, they played outside, outside up in Lake Tahoe. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that was the was, see, you know. circling back to the pandemic year too yeah. many times right now. <laughs> um, but uh, the uh, VGK in Seattle, of course, like the two mm-hmm. newest teams in the league, first time that they're they're going to be on this stage on New Year's Day. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's going to be a good game. It's a it's a fun game. I think has it lost its lost? well. It's also uh, here. It is the good thing is it's at noon yeah. local time. And, uh, you know, these teams have had a, a couple few days off uh, to, to get ready for it. And, I mean, it, it's today, right, with New Year's Day, with 
the, the two semifinals. So it kind of gets a little bit lost. Although here uh, in Las Vegas, particularly here at South Point, where we have such a local clientele and the Knights are so popular, and the fact that it is a noon game, I think it'll draw well. Knights just under a 7 to 5 favorite, dollar thirty-five. So um, total on the game, 6. But um, no, I think uh, it'll it'll still draw. It's the only uh, the only hockey game of the day, and again, Knights games always uh, always draw well, and they'll they'll get the betting attention for sure. They'll get the uh, the local support. I hate to say this, Vinny, but I think the wrong team is favored here. Ooh. It is Ooh. almost a home game for Seattle, and they are four and one in the last five compared to the Knights, who are one and four. So if we're yeah. going off of current form for these no two doubt. teams i i think seattle comes in as the hotter team but i never like to bet against the knights i just that plus money with the kraken is no it's tempting. I mean, it's a play on the price no, you're absolutely right i mean the knights have have struggled i mean listen they got off to that great start um but particularly you know had that zero and three road trip and then they came home and, and they're in the midst of i think this is actually one of only two road games uh in in this stretch of 10 i think i want to say nine or ten games um, they need to get healthy. Yes, that's uh, particularly the, the the biggest injury they have, and clearly when when you watch how they have how their defense has not been particularly good, uh, they miss Shea Theodore greatly, and uh, it, you know he's still on IR, and um, you know the goaltending's been. So everything. Well, Aiden Hill is a completely healthy. No, I mean not. they've dealt with ridiculous injuries between the pipes so far this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean it's it you know and, and they did last so. year as well on 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 the cup run. I mean they had uh, I think they started uh, five goaltenders last year. Right. Yeah, um, you're right. You know, but, but teams, it's a long yeah. season. No, it is. Just, you know, yeah, hockey's goes up and down, but for yeah. this game in particular. No, I, I get you. You're 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 looking at a price here. If you can get uh, you know plus fifteen cents or or a dollar twenty even. Uh, as as we get closer to puck drop, you're, or maybe you're, wait yeah. for in game if Seattle or, gets up early in, and you really like yeah. the Knights, then mm -hmm. wait and try Good and point. get them plus money. Then. Yeah. Yesterday, NFL, mm -hmm. it, interesting day. <laughs> uh, double digit road dog wins outright despite being down double digits at halftime in Arizona. Uh, the uh, boy, they've done. They've surprised some. Have some surprising well, you know, results they, this year. You know, they, well, the Cardinals. The right? Cardinals. The Cardinals are four and twelve. Right, their wins this year yeah. are against the t Dallas and Philadelphia, who yes. are both double-digit win teams. Right. Uh, they beat both the, playoff teams. Both playoff teams. They beat the Falcons, who that is one of the many ridiculous losses the Falcons mm. have that will keep them out of the playoffs. And they beat Pittsburgh, in which Pittsburgh. might which might keep which very well might keep Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. Yeah. So they have four wins against teams that are all going to be around five hundred or better. They are the, the teams we already know are over. They are the haunting team, right? Yeah. The team that uh, that's going to yeah. haunt uh, teams that are either you know still trying to get into the playoffs, even if you get in because of, of positioning now too. It's impacted them. So, Vinny, I will ask you this: yeah. for for week week eighteen, obviously funky week. Uh -huh. Teams are going to be sitting guys. Uh, when when are your when are your numbers going to go up for yeah. these for these games and uh, just. With the amount of absences for these teams, how do you just handle this week, which is almost in some spots almost glorified preseason? Well, in in some, but in in others, I mean, you know, you have you have the absolute, you know, complete contrast, right? You've got some that are like you said, just like, where are we at, and what where you know teams are looking ahead to next year, but then you've got a game like uh, Buffalo and Miami, which oh. is in essence playing for the division. Uh, 
a home, you know, a, at least one home game, possibly two. You're playing for seeding, so it, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, Chris Andrews, I was just with Chris, uh, uh, director here at South Point, in in the back. Chris is working on the numbers. You just want to wanted to get first of all the schedule set. Now that the schedule's uh, set, right? You know which two games are going to be on Saturday because they actually flexed the uh, the day. Not only you know, the games, they flexed uh, uh, the days. So um, you know, uh, so sometime this morning. I mean, this uh, this game here, this nine o'clock game is going to kick off uh, here in just a little bit. The LSU game. And then um, they'll go up, but also trying to you know really measure uh, some injuries too that uh, that took place. Uh, yeah, I mean, look at the, the Dolphins. I have to tell you, the Dolphins have just in in the last three games they've just gotten absolutely uh, beat up and, and, and well, suffered ma- significant injuries. That Chubb injury, yeah. is a disaster, and especially when yeah. they when it happened, the game was. Way out, over out of reach. Yeah, uh, the fact that he was on the field was a gigantic blunder by Miami's coaching staff. And now you go mm-hmm. into this game where Buffalo three is the number. I think that's right with the way Miami's just gotten bludgeoned with mm-hmm. the injuries. Uh, and Buffalo did not play well the last two weeks, but they're better right now. Uh, but Vinny and also too Miami's already in the playoffs. They can't miss. They're in regardless. Obviously, they're playing for a division title, but they are still and a home game and a home game. Right, yeah, yeah, division so. title and also for Buffalo, Miami wins and Pittsburgh wins on Saturday against Baltimore's B team, which we can assume will be should be should be but. Tyler Huntley and 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 the second team for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's out of this. Buffalo's thing. out. Buffalo goes from potentially being the two seed and right. all of a sudden being like, whoa, wait a second here, we could end mm-hmm. up with Baltimore and Buffalo in the AFC title game, exactly. which is like big time matchup Mm -hmm. and and then it's whoa buffalo actually is not even in this field (laughs) well you know and and you look at it right and you look let's let's look at at the uh at the steeler uh ravens game right i mean it kind of shocks you to see that the steelers are are better than a three-point favorite in that game and steelers need the game mason rudolph by the way confirmed this morning by tomlin Mm -hmm. will start his third straight game yeah well how do you how do you how how how, how could you not yeah you're gonna put you know, uh, you're gonna, Pickett is healthy, by the way. He said he is. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you've got to roll with the uh, with the hot hand and uh, the fact that he won he won two games. And yesterday, I think was a big statement, oh, winning yeah. on the road in Seattle, which it's a great is win, a, a very hostile environment, one of the better home fields in the league. Um, so you know, and and <clears throat> the Ravens have not only secured the division, but they've secured the number one seed. So. Um, it's going to be this, you know. It's a similar situation with the Niners, who have uh, done the same thing on the NFC side. So you've you've got these kinds of games that, uh, you know, have you know either one team has bearing, the other doesn't. It, neither team does, and it's it's about next year and and you know what they're what they're uh, looking to do. And then uh, you know, and the other game on Saturday. Look at Houston and uh, Indianapolis, which is. Uh, the winner, the winner goes to the postseason there as well. Possibly, possibly the division, depending on what happens. Winner with, of that game is uh, in. Mm-hmm. If Jacksonville loses, the winner of that game wins the South. Wins, which, wins the division, which we've talked about with yeah. those teams. These were two teams that yeah. had win totals of six and a half. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis lost their starting quarterback in Week Four. Yeah, and Houston, I, again, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. A team that the last three years was just dreadful. Yeah. 
And here they are, both of them. Winner gets in. <laughs> but two really good coaching jobs. Oh, they, here uh, if it wasn't for Kevin game. Stefanski and Cleveland winning 11 games with four quarterbacks, yeah. the winner of this game would probably be coaching. No, no question. And um, it's certainly, you know, Bears watching and, and playing out. But, you know, but that's 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 the beauty of it and um and then the fact that you know on sunday we'll have you know all the all the matchups uh, that take place there and you know people will still you know they'll, they'll find something uh something to play on and I mean, look at now momentum too is is is, is critical chicago bears uh chicago well Ooh. talk about a decision uh you know what what do they do right i mean that's what would you, you do know, well I tell you what I would do. Given the draft capital that they have, I would I would stay with Justin Fields. And I, I agree. With and you. I'll tell you why. Because they're in even with the draft capital they have, especially with the draft capital that they have. In in, uh, in my opinion, is that they can only make the team better around him on both sides of the ball. Right. Okay. The other thing is this, and and we've talked about this quite a bit lately there is such an immediacy in 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 this league now with first and second year quarterbacks and rookie first time i should say coaches okay that what are you going to do you're going to to get rid of justin fields and and draft a rookie if you don't have justin fields you're expecting this rookie to come in and and have an immediate impact it, it's very difficult to do that in this league. The step up from the college game to the pro game is clearly on display in how difficult it is. And and when you also look at the fact that some very seasoned and experienced veterans, uh, the Minshews of the world, right? I mean, uh, that th you you watch and you say, "Wow, what a what a difference!" So, um, you. If you have those kinds of draft picks and you've got a quarterback that's really played better, look at what he's done in the last month. Um, yes, I think you can only make it better. So my personal, uh, my personal thought would be to pay, to, to keep him. Now there, you're going to people say, well, you have to pay him all this money. Well, you're you're, you're gonna you're gonna sign all these first round picks. You're gonna pay them. You you have to pay. You have to pay. You can pay no matter what. Alex, right? I mean, well, and you just don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people thought CJ Stroud would be good. Not this great right off the bat. Okay. But I mean, look at Bryce Young compared to Anthony Richardson. Sure. Those two were completely yeah. flipped. Everybody expected more out of Bryce Young. So you don't know what you're getting right. when you draft one. And, and I, they know exactly what they have yeah. with him right now. And again, I go back to, you know, the coach uh, as well. Now you have to give the coach, you know, a little bit more time to look. The, the other thing is, Put put the the quarterbacks especially aside, right for for a second. Where you know we expect so much out of them. You know, a lot of these owners are are hiring head coaches, and it's their first head coaching gig, and they expect them to be Andy Reid. It it it's not going to work that way. So, so the the Bears are in the. This is the hardest quarterback decision I think any team has had in a long time, because they already. Passed up one number one overall pick. Now, granted, they already won that trade. Unless Bryce Young really turns it around. Okay. I, which I think we might be waiting a long time for that. 
<laughs> they have a guy that's better than Bryce Young right now. Well, that's my point. Right. Like, yeah. And they got DJ Moore, and they now have this pick. Yeah. Where, I mean, if I'm Chicago and Washington ends up at three somehow here, okay. I'm, I'm calling Washington up and saying, hey, you want – you want to give us the assets uh, we gave you for Montez Sweat yeah. back and give us the and we'll give you the Great number point. one pick. I mean, that, I don't even think Great that's point. a debate at this point. If you you're know, Chicago, you you're in a position to get a, a wide receiver to get uh, uh, some some uh, offensive line help some, to get some more defensive help. I mean, th- again, their draft capital is uh, is really good, and um, if there's any way that they can tap into the uh, to the Rams uh, scouting uh, oh, the <laughs> picks. I mean, my goodness. In terms of rounds four, five, and six. Oh my goodness. So, um, but my, again, uh, I I would say um, uh, I I think uh, Justin Fields has uh, has earned uh, has earned his right uh, to stay. Two today's playoff yep. games: Alabama and Michigan first. Mm-hmm. Two forty six. By the way, it looks like there was an earthquake in Southern California not too long ago. So that's uh that's uh That might be a, better just so, moving to yeah. the window. <laughs> just off the coast. Um it's you have forty six and two. Went down to one, now back up to two where you opened. Right. I mean it's kind of a dead even game, and and the, and the way this is played out in the betting market kind of shows that. Well, yeah, again, and and the beauty of it is these the there's so much, you know look we know who's playing in these games right and and we've talked about it uh you know quite a bit even from when we when we put the games up you you book these games uh like they're NFL playoff games and uh, the folks are going to bet them that way and if you look you know we've got. Plenty of props. We got a, a, a full sheet of props on on both games as well. Um, you know, everybody's going to get involved with them. And Chris Andrews said it best too uh, last week on Football Friday. Whoever we need in this game, and it's a two way betting game right now, then that's fine. I mean, you, you've got two quality sides, uh, actually four quality sides today. Uh, but in this one, you know, are going for us. so. Uh, we did also talk about the fact that uh, the total would probably tick up, and uh, that that's what we're seeing now, right? So. Uh, it'll probably go uh, go even north of the of the forty six because uh, you know again public is going to certainly be involved with these games and they love love points. You know it's it's such a good matchup too, Vin. It is where you end up with again two of the premier programs mm-hmm. in college football. You end up with two of the premier coaches. By the way, there was an article on CBS Sports yesterday that yeah you know, basically said like. This could be it for Harbaugh, which makes a whole lot of sense. Where Harbaugh could go to the NFL, there. Mm-hmm. I know there are a bunch of places that are again. potentially open again, again. <laughs> and, and look, if Harbaugh goes to the NFL, he immediately becomes a top eight coach in the NFL. We already saw it. Should have won a Super Bowl. Colin Kaepernick should have made a Super Bowl at Alex Smith. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So who hit that? Uh, that that those lights? Who turned those who lights, hit the lights off? in New Orleans? How did that happen? One of the one of the great tinfoil hat moments in American sports Un- history. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then for Nick Saban, there in the article, there, Dennis Dodd wrote the piece that people he's talking to that he trusts think that this could be it for Nick Saban. He could retire. I'm not in that camp. No. But if Alabama I- wins the title based off this coaching job. Mm-hmm. You have to at least give that a little bit of credence with a guy who's seventy years old. Yeah, I I would say that it's more likely that Nick Saban is is 
back on the Alabama sideline next year than, than Jim Harbaugh on the Michigan sideline. Um, but from a, a retirement standpoint, I don't know. Um, I don't know if Mrs. Saban wants him uh, retired. I mean, she, she <laughs> imagine having him around all day. Yeah, I don't um, think Terry would be too happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, uh, one of, if not his best coaching job, no, no question about it, uh, a, a terrific and when you when you retrace this year and and you go back to um, the spring and where last year the transfer portal was in really taking flight more you know and of course this year it's even more right like about thirteen hundred players in the transfer portal a year ago over two thousand I think now on, on this year um, and 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 the reason I bring it up is because if you remember that there was so much uncertainty at the quarterback position for Alabama that after the spring game, Nick Saban goes out and, and, and grabbed another quarterback, right? I mean, the kid from uh, uh, Notre Dame. Uh, so, uh, I mean, no, it was no, because so, um, Milro was, was, uh, was with the uh, Fighting Irish, I think. So, but he, he grabbed another quarterback after that game, and of course, you know, they, they kind of struggled early. They, the loss at home to Texas, which, by the way, would there be some irony if that's the— What, if the, Alabama beats re- Texas for the national the title? Re- the rematch. In Houston, no less. The rematch uh, <laughs> of a game early. And and what they've done uh, uh, the, the the rest of the season and finding ways to win and, uh, and battling and playing their way into— uh, the national semifinals, Alex. I think there's something to be said about it. And Milrow was benched at one point. Yes, I mean, and now benched. we're talking about him being the difference maker in this exactly. game against yeah. Michigan. So yeah. we'll I'm, see. I'm, I'm suspecting you like uh, Alabama. I do today. like I Alabama. Thought so. I, guess. I thought so. <laughs> to the other semifinal before we get out of here today: Texas, Washington, three and a half. Vinny, yeah. sixty-two yep. and a half. Both of us are on the horns. So okay, uh, yeah. Again. Uh, this is a this is a fascinating matchup though because Washington they're the weakest power rated team of of the four from they, a power rating from, standpoint from a power rating standpoint yeah and the numbers the, the, and number the numbers tells dictate you that, right? that. yeah uh, but it's again this is a team that they were ten point underdogs here in Vegas a month ago mm-hmm. and they were clearly the right side in that no game against Oregon no doubt and and again the fact that they beat Oregon twice um, you know and me included I thought that. After that first Oregon game, uh, Oregon went on a mission, and uh, Washington, you, know, you could call it, escaped a few times, but they found ways to win those games. And then they got to the rematch, and they just, they really, convinced, they, beat, they beat Oregon convincingly uh, in that game. So credit them there. This is a different situation, I think, here with the Texas, um, the way Texas plays defense. Like, let's face it. Michael Penix is not a, a mobile quarterback. He's, he's a pocket passer. Um, Texas has, uh, I think, the advantage uh, on, on their defensive line from a size standpoint compared to uh, what Washington has on their on their offensive line. Um, so if they can control, if they can get to Penix, then I think that could be the difference in the game. From the uh, uh, so that that's a little bit different now. Even though this was a great Oregon defense this year. Um, we saw what what Penix and uh, the Huskies did there, but I think this Texas defensive line is is, is bigger and and better. Oh, um, more physical, right? And mm-hmm. current form, I know that Washington beat Oregon, but how they kind of snuck into that position, anyways. I mean, we saw them against USC, 
where they barely hang on. They were tied in that third yeah. quarter, and we know about USC's defense. Yeah. Um, but then we have Texas, who just killed Oklahoma State in their mm-hmm. championship game, 49-21. So yeah. both teams are going to be ready. We have yeah. two great games. I mean, you can't, no, you can't, can't be mad about either one of these. No, these, this, these are two great games. And again, um, you know, who was in, who wasn't, just again, from our world, give us the matchups. We'll give you the prices and have at it. Now, and, this game did open up at four, got a size four and a half. Now it's down to three and a half. So two-way betting. Uh, and you know, kind of up and down, back and forth. But we talked about that. Must be the right numbers. I mean, have no. It. I mean, the the, the Alabama Michigan number is right where you open to both sides in total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, I'm not surprised people took four with with yeah. the Huskies. That makes sense. That's a clear mm-hmm. number take. Yeah. And playoff games. I, I don't mm-hmm. know about the, the total trends. I think these these good games have actually trended more to the over than the under in these playoff yeah. eras. But I get why people hit this Texas-Washington game under, even though I think it's going to be an over game. I, I think there'll be some more uh, people bet money, the over. As I we think go as away. we get yeah. closer to kickoff there as well. And both dogs getting uh, money line attention. More money line attention than, than the favorites, which is not real surprising. On Thursday, when you're in with us, we'll be able to talk about the national title yes. game odds, which mm-hmm. I, it's going to be fascinating to see if we get a Bama-Texas rematch. Mm-hmm. I think Texas should be the smallest of favorites. I would imagine Bama would come a favorite, depending on on what uh what it would be. Maybe, well, you you what want, happens today? What, I, I what happens today? Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not going to speculate because here, here's what happens, right? If I make a number right now, and you have a number in mind, but you have a number, you know, hey, you said, yeah, wait a second, well, take it easy. Well, I would imagine Texas versus whoever wins the Rose Bowl would be very dependent on how the results come today. Washington is right. going to be a dog against Washington is going to be a dog yeah. in the game, but Alabama yeah. again. Look, have had Alabama have maintained that uh, their power. Well, you, you, been as you, you never, you never wavered. No, you had, he didn't. You, a whole year, you had them higher basically so, than everyone else, and yeah. here they are, one of the final four. So, All right, Vinny. Pleasure as always. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Good stuff, Alex. Good work today. Thank We're you. done. Have a good trip. Well, you I'll, I'll be, I'll be back on Thursday. We'll be ready to go. Uh, <laughs> Good luck on your plays today. By the way, Wisconsin up 7 nothing early in that one uh, in uh, Tampa Bay against the LSU Tigers. I'm Jeff Piles. He's Alex White. He's Vinny Maliolo. Shout out to Sean and Jerry, as always, doing a great work behind the glass. We will see you again regular time Thursday, 3 o'clock Pacific time, looking at the week in the NFL and the college football national title game. But don't forget, Frank Nicotero is back tomorrow for a show of 2024, noon Pacific, right here at the South Point Studio.